Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. I can't live without worship. I don't know about some of you. You look like you all right, but I can't I can't live without worship. God is so good to me. And every day of my life I see more evidence of how much God loves me and protects me and cares for me. And in my midnight hour, God shows up to tell me that I am still God. Can I get a witness that I am still God? There are people who would give anything they have to be in this sanctuary. There are people who would give anything that they have to have the strength to walk into the house of the Lord. And for us to walk in and sit down on the Lord doesn't make a lot of sense. We ought to give him a little praise, honor, and glory every now and then. Every now and then. It's so easy to take God for granted because the blessings keep coming over and over and over again. I praise God for this season and the life of our church and our growth and worship and thank God for the leadership of chair of our worship ministry that we are intentional and that we want to worship God in spirit and in truth. And we want to be authentic. I know we're struggling with where the announcements are going to go in worship, but one thing that I do know is that we're going to put them so they don't interfere with the flow of the Spirit of the Most High. Because if you come over here and you do not experience the presence of Almighty God, then you might as well stay home. Because we come in here to worship God in spirit, right, and in truth. So whatever you are preoccupied about right now, wipe it out in the name of Jesus so that we can worship God. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? I was here yesterday uh, cleaning with Malik, and I said, Malik, I need to go home because I have 63 pages in my sermon. And he said, Pastor, I don't think you're going to get away with that. So I had to... I'm still condensing this sermon of 63 pages, but I thank God that Malik was bold enough to tell me the truth. 
somebody is going to listen to 63 pages of whatever it is you say you found. So Malik, I thank you for being honest with me, and I've been decreasing these pages ever since. I brought all 63 with me, but I'm going to do what the Lord tells me to do. Can I get only 63 pages? I said, Malik, it's only 63 pages. So you think that people might be excited? No, Pastor, they won't. So I got it, I got it, I got it. I need to give you a bit of an update. I thank you for the messages I have been receiving. I've been getting hate mail since I'm gonna retire next year. And I've been getting love mail and it all falls in different categories, you know. And so I'm just really dealing with what God gives me. Isn't that right, Reverend? But I do want to make it clear that Deacon Jay and I are not leaving Pleasant Grove. My assignment is changing changing at Pleasant Grove. Is that clear for everybody? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. My husband and I have been married almost 46 years. And he said to me, I'm not leaving Pleasant Grove now. I'm just telling you straight up. You know, and Deacon Jay talks like that. I listen. So I said, me too. So that's where we are. So I just want to say that so there's no confusion that my assignment is changing but my church home is not changing. Lord, you are an everlasting God. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for our family streaming live. We thank you for what you have done for this church. We thank you that you have given us the gift of love. We thank you that we care about our communities and the people around us. We thank you that we care about people in Africa and people in Niger and we, we just Uganda. Lord, we thank you for teaching us how to love you and your people. And now we come to your word, oh God. And I ask right now for a fresh anointing and I pray, dear God, that everything I do and say will give your name glory. I just thank you, God, for the privilege to stand in this holy space. And I ask, oh God, that you will bless me. Dry up any doubt, <laughs> any distractions, anything that's going on that's not about you. I ask you to dry it up. We rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we declare that we will give you our best. And we ask, oh God, that you will bless us, bless our time together, and bless this word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, 63 pages, let me see here, okay. One of the great stories of the Bible is David and Goliath. And I learned of David and Goliath when I was in Sunday school back in the 60s, back in the 50s. And it was always a story that talked about the victory, John, at the end, but not a lot of details about what happened before David slayed Goliath. All of you know that I'm a visual learner and I love visual things, so of course I would have Pastor David be my David, and Minister Moran, who does not know this, is gonna be King Saul, and Bacon is gonna be Goliath. So if you'll just come up here and sit wherever you can, we'll let you know when your time is due. Bacon, you look just like Goliath looked when, that's right, that's what Goliath did. The word says that 
You know the history that David was anointed. You all know this. You've been to Bible study. You know what the story is. But you can have a seat because it might be a minute. And we'll have the ushers get them some water because they might, they might need it. You can sit right here, right over here. And then we'll, you'll know when you look at you. David, you look at Goliath. You look rough today, Goliath. You look like you. <laughs> the Lord, David had a story. And all of us should have a story. And all of us should have an experience that speaks to our relationship with God. It's time for our church folk to stop being fearful of everything and saying that I can't do this because I'm shy or because of my personality. Or I, like, I like to stay in the back. Well, you know, God stepped out in front for you. So it's time for us to be bold enough to step into our assignments, isn't it? Have you ever heard that, Pastor, I would, but you know, I don't speak publicly. Yes, you do. You just don't speak publicly in here, but you do. But this is such a fascinating story to me because David was sent to take care of the giant. And David, Saul said to David, uh, go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic, and I gave you a tunic. And I know you like it, but you need to get it because it's an expensive tunic. So we want you to have it there. Yeah, David, Saul dressed David. So Saul, you need to dress David in his tunic. And as I read through this, I'm sure that all of you will see the visual. Uh, Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. And then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of arm on him and a bronze helmet on his head. Now, I don't know if your helmet will fit or not, but just pretend that it does anyway. So David fastened on his sword, use your Holy Ghost imagination, and tried walking around because he was not used to them. And you gotta walk around, little David. Hold your helmet, there you go. You gotta hold your helmet as you haven't had one before and walk around just a little bit and look uncomfortable, that's part of the scripture. So he, he said, I cannot go in these. So you walk a little bit, that's enough, just hold it up. There you go, Saul, pat his head. Okay, David, walk around just a little bit and then we want you to look weary and tired and look like you can't go in this, oh, you go to Lord have mercy. Oh my God. So David finally said, I cannot go in these. So he took them off. And he said to Saul, because I am not used to them, so he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. So David said, I'm taking off this paraphernalia that you've given me because it doesn't fit and I gotta go with what I have. So you have five, you got five stones, and you're ready, okay, hallelujah. So you'll just rest until we're ready. Meantime, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. You are the Philistine, and you need to start over here, and you need to walk like you're mad, and walk like you have power. Come on, Bacon, you can do this, yeah. <laughs> That's right, you can do that. And so 
he looked David over and saw that he was little, more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. Hallelujah. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Can you say that, Bacon? Am I a dog? Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks and stones? And you know what you said, right? Yeah, I said, hey, I, I, got, I got sticks. I got sticks and I got sticks. <laughs> and so he said to David, I'm a dog. Come to me with sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his God. Baker, you're not allowed to curse in church. So don't curse him out right here. Wait till you get in the car. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. And David said to the Philistine, you came against me with sword and spear. All oh, look at this. You came with me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Tell him what you come with. Come on, you got this. Okay, can you say that one more time? You come at me with sword and shield, but I come at you in the name of the Lord our God. See, it's something about people who got power from the Lord. Because when you have Holy Ghost power, you talk back to the demons, right? Anybody in here with Holy Ghost power? Anybody in here? Anybody in here know any demons that are trying to get to you? Anybody in here know that you can be dressed in whatever the world dresses you in, but if you don't have the word of God, you have nothing at all. And so David said, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, Ruth. And he said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head this very day. Goliath, you look nervous and you ought to. This very day I will give the carcasses to the Philistine army, to the birds and the wild animals and all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear. <laughs> Say that church, it is not. Say it like you mean it. It is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle, hallelujah, for the battle, he said, is the Lord's. How many of you got something that needs to be handled that you can't handle yourself? How many of you know that the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's? God that the battle is already won. That the battle, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord. And David ran quickly toward the uh, battle line to meet him and reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. And David trumped over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Go on and knock him out. There you go. And he struck down the Philistine. Oh, my God. Oh. So David ran. And David stood over him. And he took hold of the Philistine sword. Take your stuff. There you go. And he drew it from the sheep. And after he killed him, he cut off his head. You can swear. He cut off his head. To show the evidence of what God can do. Yeah.
Thank you very much, Goliath. You can walk up now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And what I realized as I studied, thank you so much, Saul. You did a great job. Goliath, let's give some love to Saul. God. I realize is that all of us have giants. We don't call it what it is. A giant can be a human being or it can be a condition. Giants are defined as any humans of life situations, grief, depression, stress, or fear that cause us anxiety or discomfort as we reflect on our giants. So what I'm trying to say is that all of us, whether we admit it or not, have giants. And some of us are bold enough to name our giants and some of us are not. Depression is, is a giant. Anxiety is a giant. Addiction is a giant. <laughs> Alcoholism is a giant. Adultery is a giant. Cheating on God is a giant. Cheating on anybody you're in relationship with is a giant. And sometimes we don't call the giant what it is. But we got to be bold enough. That's what was so great about David is David said, uh-uh, you bring me all of this heavy gear and all of this sword and you got me wrapped in the helmet and all of this. He said, I don't need all of that because I know the Lord. And what he said is that I can fight back with the word of the Lord because the word of God can take me places that a helmet and a tunic will not do. And David said in giants, we must reflect on, look at our life. And be honest enough to say, how many in here, you've been praying about the same thing for 20 years? You've been complaining about the same relationship that didn't work 30 years ago. You can't forgive your family because you're so upset with them, but God has forgiven you. You cannot even look at people eye to eye and say, I love you in the name of Jesus because they hurt your feelings three weeks ago. We have to learn that in order for us to receive the power of God's word, we got to walk in the authority of God's word. And we have to be willing to do what David said. I know you have all of this tonic and the helmet and all of this equipment, but I don't need all of that because I serve a God who promised me that if you would do what I ask you to do. David said, I have killed the lion and I have killed the bear. I have evidence with God. Have you killed anything in the name of Jesus? I know I have. I killed some gossip in the name of Jesus. You can kill mess in the name of Jesus. If you're in a dysfunctional family, you can shut down confusion in the name of Jesus. If you work with unholy people, you can shut them down in the name of Jesus. If you're around people who don't know the Lord, you can lay hands on them and, and deliver them in the name of Jesus. So what David is teaching us is that walk in the authority that you have. Stop looking weak and all beat up. The church will be full if people would know that I can come over here and get some Holy Ghost power. But if I'm going to come in and go out the same way, what's the point of showing up? 
So show me some power. The old folk used to say, show me some signs. If you know the Lord every now and then, something ought to stir you up and excite you to the point that you can raise holy hands and say, I love you, Lord, with all my heart. I don't know about you, but I've been partying all week. And I've been thanking God for the journey that I have. I've been thanking God for every trial and tribulation. I've been thanking God for the life that I have been given. I thank God for everybody who didn't like me. I thank God for everybody who didn't do what I asked them to do. I thank God for every sermon when nobody said amen. I thank God that God told me to keep coming on back to your assignment, but don't look at the people, look up at me. And when God says, when you look up, I look down. And so what David is teaching us is that when you are in relationship with God, you can speak with authority. You can rebuke the enemy. You ever had to rebuke anybody? You can rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus and kill that spirit. So one of the reasons that I wanted to go over this story is because I'm tired of us assuming that we have no power. And I want you to know that you have access to supernatural Holy Ghost power. And if you ever start walking in the house, I would. I wish I had a witness. I wish I had a witness. Last week, I had a problem that nobody could solve but God. I was, it was too complex to even communicate what it was that I needed to do. But I realized if I would just stow away for a little bit and talk to my heavenly father that the answer would come through. And somebody that I've been trying to reach for weeks called me and gave me the answer that I needed so that I can help my mother get to a facility so that she can get service. And what I'm saying to you, if you're waiting on God right now, you need to start praising God because the answer is on the way. Stop being so timid about the devil because the enemy is never going to go away. And what David tells us is that I don't need all of this, all of this decorum and I don't need all of this helmet and, and dress. All I need is a spirit. He said it's the spirit of the living God. The spirit of the living God is alive, not dead. So if you feel with the spirit, there ought to be some signs of life. If you are truly filled with the spirit, we ought to be able to see the evidence. What is the evidence in your life that the spirit is with you? Let me give you another example. I'm going to call Joanne up here and embarrass her. A few years ago, I was asked to make a video. And, uh, you know, Sandra Vincent approves everything for the church. Yeah, the decorations and everything. So I showed up at the church with this song. One of my favorite suits. You can try this song because you're little and cute and you can do this. I showed up to do my video. She's looking at me because she thought I had given this away. I showed up for the video. It's a button right here in the front. I showed up for the video and I was standing right here and I thought I was looking good. I just knew I was ready. Lipstick, makeup. My shoes matched, everything looked good. So she walks up to me and she said, what is that? 
And I said, this is my gold suit that I'm going to do my video in for the church. She said, Pastor, I don't think so. And I said, so what are you saying? So she said, that is not what we're going to video you in. I said, okay. And I wanted you to do this because sometimes we think that life is all about what we wear. And I wanted you to see this because it looks pretty when you look at it, although Sandra's looking at me now like, I thought you had given that away. But what we got to get over is that what we clothe ourselves with, thank you, and I'll give you the pants after church and let you take it to goodwill, okay? <laughs> what, what, what I'm trying to say is our outer garments <clears throat> should not take all of our time that we're so tied up on what we look like from the outside that we don't take time to clean up the inside. And so I wanted to bring that illustration with my gold jacket because sometimes we get carried away with our St. John's and our designer clothes and what we look like. But some of the meanest people I've ever met have been well-dressed. Some of the meanest people that I've ever met. So what I'm saying that you can dress all you want externally, but until you deal with your heart and you deal with God, then you're just wasting time. The next thing I need to say is that stop judging people about how they look. Stop judging people. You don't know what God told them to do. And what we need to do is get away from judging people when we don't know. And David teaches us that when you are in relationship with God, you will hear from God in, its, in this in due season. I have read Romans 8 thousand times. And as I was preparing this 63-page sermon, I read it again, but I read it slowly, Reverend. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God, come on now, if God is for us, who? Look at somebody and say, if God is for us, who can be against us? You sound fired up. Do it again. Look at somebody else. Say, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, Reverend Marlin, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us Malik, it says, A-L-L, Sammy, all things. See, sometimes we read so fast, we don't see the real meaning of the word of God. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. <laughs> Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God. And Goliath, he is interceding for us. He's calling my name right now. Just say that to yourself, that he's calling your name right now. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, can I get a witness? Persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, 
or the sword? As it is written, Eddie, for your sake, ha ha, we face death all day long, and we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But no, 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 no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. You ought to at least smile and praise God just a second. Paul goes on to say, for I am convinced that neither death, come on church, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any power. Can everybody say that after me? Or have you memorized it already? You want me to read it one more time? You're looking puzzled over here. Okay. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. If that's not dancing music, I don't know what is. And so what we learn here is that we don't need the world as long as we have God's word. And what I am saying here, and this is what David is teaching us, is that when we absorb the Lord's word in our heart and in our lives, we can fight any demon and be victorious because the word of God is true. And so I'm asking you, have you invested in the word? What is your scripture of deliverance? I love the Lord is my refuge and very present help in time of trouble. David is given credit for 75 of the 150 Psalms. What is your Psalm? What is the one that gets you out of the deep valley of depression? Do you go to Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or do you go over to Psalm 27? The Lord is my light, lift up my eyes unto the hills. Hallelujah! From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. What I'm trying to tell you is that the best medication you can get is the word of God. And the best thing that you can do for depression is read God's word. The best thing you can get to remove your anxiety is look into God's word and say, I'm down and out, Lord. What would you have me do? Because the word of God will deliver you to the space that God wants you to be in. I love it in Timothy where the word says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, a love, and a sound mind. So we have a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Why are we walking around with our heads down? Why are we walking around like it's the end of the earth? Regardless of your circumstances, we got to praise the Lord. Regardless of how you feel, you got to praise the Lord anyway. And that's what David teaches us. It's yes, the giant is big and Goliath was over 10 feet tall. You don't have to be tall. You just need to know God. You don't have to have all of these weapons. You just need to know God. This is the only Holy Ghost weapon you need. Give up your sword and give up your helmet and give up your Cadillacs and give up all your designer clothes and lay your life on the word of God and ask God to bless you and get you out of your current condition. Anybody in a condition you want to get out of? 
Is anybody you just sick of and you just can't pray them away? Then call on their name and ask the Lord to get rid of them for you. And one of the things that I want to do as I end my message today, less than 63 pages, is I want us to be bold enough to name our giants. Be bold enough to name our giants. It might be dementia. It might be hypertension. But I want you to get a piece of paper out my your pocketbook and your wallet and write down, you too, Malik, you're a giant. All of us have them. But are you bold enough to say what it is? Some of you are your own giants in your own world. And you cause yourself a lot of grief because you don't confess and tell the truth about yourself. You see, victory comes when you look in the mirror and you say, you know what, Lord? I'm stressed out about this and I don't want to be stressed. I give this to you because this giant is too big for me. And what I want you to do is be bold enough to bring your giant. Don't put your name on this. Just bring whatever you have written down to the altar. And we're going to pray that God will give us the same power that God gave David. That David can say the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Anybody got any giants? Bring them on. <clears throat> bring them believing that God will deliver you. And bring them believing that God is hearing our prayer. One of the giants that the church always struggles with is the, uh, the devil wants us to convince that we're not going to be successful in our evangelism and our growth. But that's not true at all. That giant is being overcome in prayer. And right now, we are praying our way through. And we are getting evidence from Almighty God that we are on our way. Bring your giant. Oh, some of you might have three or four, huh? Now that you're writing it down, three or four giants. Don't put my name on that list. I don't want to put my name on that list. Giants in life. The things that threaten you. The things that keep you awake at night. The things, bring your giant to the altar and we're going to pray and then we're going to conclude. And Lord said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord is with you wherever you go. When we look to the Bible, we see that I look to the hills Oh my God, for which cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord. Can I get a witness, the maker of heaven and earth? Sometimes our giant is our lack of faith. Whatever you have, at this time, bring it to the altar and we will pray and we will look for deliverance. Minister Moran, I'm going to ask you to pray. Pray for these giants that are being. Praise God for being bold enough to write down your giant. <laughs> and praise God for hearing your prayer. Because this day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands and I will strike you down and remove your head. Because the Lord is a gracious God. God is a God of truth and faithfulness. You might remain at the altar as we pray. We are a church of faith. We believe in Almighty God, 
and we trust God's word. David said, <laughs> when he was in the wilderness of Judah, that I know my God will take care of me. When David was in the cave and he's being chased by Saul, David realized that his giant was the king who was trying to kill him. Somebody's trying to kill you right now and kill your spirit, kill your desires. We can, God can rid us of giants. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519, or call us at 919-363-5198, or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.